Hello, my name is Aaron Rogerson. And I'm Melissa Polizzi. And together we host the Golden Shadow podcast, where we explore philosophy, spirituality, and self-help through an evolutionary and depth psychology lens. We're honored to speak at this conference about the collective shadow and the psychology of conflict. At the basis of growth, development, and transformation, we often find conflict. Consciousness strengthens, ego develops as we come into collision with aspects that challenge the structure of our being. It is a series of deintegrations and reintegrations. We must break down aspects of which we thought were stable and build them back up again. The self, the drive towards our higher being, individuation, collectively and personally, manifests through tension of the opposites. By being able to hold the duality, allowing for new attitudes to emerge, new insights. So this is really an archetypal structure of human culture and psyche. And yet we often find ourselves caught in a perpetual loop of conflict without true resolution. Why are we repeating the mistakes of the past? Why do we seem to lose ourselves in the collective waves of ideology and polarization? Conflict. Mm. Conflict is a part of our lives. It's very present always. Yeah, the fabric of our being in many ways. Mm -hmm. And we find ways to mediate that conflict and to integrate the results of that conflict into our being to make us stronger. Yeah. It's how we grow. Um, but sometimes the conflict just seems to happen over and over again mm. where you feel stuck. Mm -hmm. So this path of individuation yeah. is produced um, by conflict. I think so. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> it could be conflict within ourselves. Mm -hmm. It could be conflict with others. Yeah. It could be just you versus uh, a tree you're trying to cut down right. or a, a mountain you're trying to climb. Mm -hmm. There's sort of tension there. There's a conflict there. Yeah. And that's what brings us into personhood. Mm-hmm. And at the individual level, um, it's important that we understand conflict as a natural way of living, a natural yeah. ritual that we all go through. Mm -hmm. And there's conflict that's nested within conflict that's nested within conflict. And perhaps your whole relationship with your significant other is one big conflict. Mm -hmm. but there's little conflicts within those conflicts. Yeah. And how do we make sense of these as being the path to growth? What is really happening there? Yeah. Well, it makes me think just of the mythological structures that we see these patterns of experience where to, to walk the hero's journey or to move into these trials of initiation is not um, an easy task. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's certainly not just going outside and picking some flowers and isn't it a nice day and mm, it's so warm out. It's, it's pushing you to an edge. It's challenging where you are and forcing you to kind of look deeper inside of yourself to overcome some limitation or to draw upon some sort of inner strength that you weren't utilizing. So conflict and challenge really is the, the crucible for development, for individuation to kind of um, just kind of shoot us more deeply into our potential to, to help us recognize it. Right. And there's this cycle of integration and deintegration mm. and conflict many times is what washes away that which doesn't belong. Mm. Right. If you, yeah. you find yourself in some sort of uh, struggle or battle, this great tension uh, many times what's going to happen is everything that cannot handle this struggle is going to wash away from mm. you. And what's going to happen is that what's left behind is a truer form of you, mm. ideally, not right. always. Yeah. Maybe you pick up extra baggage as a result of a conflict and that's mm. not desired. Right. But hopefully every time you crash against a wall, mm. you're sort of shaking off some parts of you which don't belong, right? Mm. Or mm -hmm. every time that you have a, a personal conflict with a friend, your relationship hopefully becomes stronger as right. a result because every drop of the hammer sort of sculpts you further and further into the way that you're meant to be. Yeah. And the relationship itself has its own sort of individuation that's happening where mm -hmm. it's coming, becoming something that's more true, mm. more faithful to yeah. what it, what it's meant to be as a relationship. And so the conflict is hopefully a way of hashing out who you're meant to be, yeah. maybe who you're meant to be with someone else, mm -hmm. maybe who you're meant to be with yourself yeah. in some sense, the different parts of you come into greater harmonization, mm. more completeness. Yeah. I mean, what, what does it actually look like for us to live a life in which we are not 
challenge where we aren't forced into conflict. I think even at our earliest age, uh, before we have the cognitive capacities to to uh, confront conflict, we're dealing with some sort of tension that causes you to reach towards, you know, will or desire or mm. need, you know, the need for hunger, pain, all of these things that even at the the earliest forms of development is shaping the kind of human spirit, the ego to understand its power and its limitations. And that just kind of grows on itself uh, further and further as you mature. So if we imagine the child who every time they faced some sort of conflict had that absolved by their parents, what, what kind of person does that shape up to be? Sometimes an individual who who either um, avoids any type of negative feeling mm. to their detriment or that they realize um, that they, they've developed kind of codependent relationships with other people. It in some ways really doesn't produce the, the, the greatest form of an individual. Right. So there's this notion of the puer, right? the mm. Peter Pan syndrome. Sure, and yeah. this is maybe someone who has not been faced with enough conflict in their lives, mm. perhaps because they've been protected from it by their yeah. parents. Yeah. And so they have not been shaped into the person that they're really meant to be. Mm. They're not They're not an adult, let's say, or they're not an individual yet. They've mm. been protected from that. Um, and the same can be true for a relationship is two people might be getting to know each other and they have sort of like this honeymoon phase mm. where they have this this phase of... Uh, wow, everything's so like, nice and fun and beautiful yeah. with you. And then like conflict eventually emerges because <laughs> it has to. Right, like right. something is going to happen where you guys clash. And it's like, what are you going to do mm. when you clash? Are mm. you going to run away? Or are you yeah. going to say, well, okay, this is this is not for me. Mm. It's like, okay, well, then the relationship never actually matures. Yeah, The yeah. relationship itself never becomes that truer, beautiful, mm. strong, resilient thing. Right. And uh I think, you know, the same can be true for lots of phenomena. You could have, uh, you know, a group of friends. And if the friends don't hash things out with each other, mm. if they just maintain surface level conversations, sure. always anytime that someone's in trouble, they all just sort of ignore it or they kind <laughs> of back away. Mm -hmm. um, the group doesn't develop into something that's strong and resilient. Yeah. It, and, and when the, the flood comes, when the storm comes, everyone's just going to run like every man for themselves mm. as opposed to banding together to sort of handle the crisis. Yeah. Or alternatively, all of those uh, dynamics of the conflict, all that energy, all that emotion gets buried, gets repressed. It gets kind of banished to the shadow and right. what starts to grow and develop within an individual when that happens, it's like there's this underlying feeling of, resentment or disharmony and mm. yet on the surface you know there is this uh continued sort of uh shallow um in interaction and exchange and there will usually be a reckoning when this happens so we are kind of tasked with this need for us to really understand the important inner work to have that self-discernment and to want to face these difficult feelings the conflict that comes up and know that ultimately it's for the greater good both for yourself and for the other and other individual to really uh, step into that chamber and to both kind of pick up your swords, get ready to fight, but at the same time, be kind and compassionate. Uh, it, it's a need. Right, right. So the shadow is uh, banished, uh, mm. banished conflict. Yeah. Often like it's there, mm -hmm. but you don't want to deal with it right now. Yeah, maybe yeah. you, maybe you can't deal with it right now. You don't have the time or the energy that that's definitely part of our lives is, being unable to summon the energy to deal with conflict mm. and that's unfortunate mm -hmm. but other times it's there you have the energy to deal with it and you don't right and you just sweep it under the rug yeah and then under the rug it just like grows into this nasty thing mm -hmm. and the rug starts to bubble up <laughs> and then you know when you're having a party and you have all your friends over suddenly the rug explodes and yeah. splatters dark <laughs> shadowy energy over everyone everyone's like where did this come right, from like, where did this come from and it's like you <laughs> You dropped the ball yeah. and the shadow formed. Mm. And that's true for the individual. You might have personal tension within you. You might have struggles, conflicts yeah. in your life. You might recognize that there's something that's not right with you, something mm. that's out of balance. You don't do anything about it. You just bury it. Yeah. You repress it. And mm. a lot of this is happening like unconsciously. Yeah, like it's definitely. not always just like, I am making a conscious decision to not deal with this problem. I mean, like the body is just doing it automatically. But that happens at the individual level. It happens in a relationship. Yeah. A relationship develops its own shadow. Yeah, absolutely. Um, if you and I are not going to talk about our problems, 
it's going to get banished to the shadow realm yeah. and your relationship will have its own shadow. Mm-hmm. And then at the inconvenient moment in yeah. the inconvenient situation, it's going to burst forth. Yeah. What? And it's like we're not ready to handle this crisis that's happening yeah. because we haven't properly integrated the shadow between us. Right. What's interesting is your own personal shadow content, that which you are running from in the unconscious, becomes compounded on top of relational dynamics or group dynamics. And uh, in some ways, it kind of requires that first level of, of personal responsibility that you might say facing your own inner shadow because the... Uh, it will certainly materialize within relationship dynamics. Like, yes, you create uh, a conflict between you and the other person and it is fully kind of based on, you might say, like actions or behaviors or attitudes that have developed because of who you are and who that other person is. But we really can't be in relationship with other people without naturally projecting our own stuff out into the world. Right. So we'll find a, a target somewhere to land the dart for our projection yeah. because the, the unconscious seeks to be known. And in some ways, conflicts are essentially these externalizations of unconscious conflict within ourselves. And right. so if you peel back that layer of your um, interpersonal conflict, what of that shadow material is really yours and yours alone? Right, right. So we're projecting onto each other constantly. Yeah, and, yeah. And uh, we can feel the shadow of mm. the relationship perhaps. Yeah. And we think, well, it's all you. Mm. The shadow is you. <laughs> right. Like it's not me. There's there's no shadow material that yeah. I'm responsible for. You're responsible for the shadow mm-hmm. entirely. Yeah. And that's, you know, there can be a lopsidedness in a relationship yeah. where it's like you have not dealt with your personal shadow oh, yeah. enough and yeah. you need to do that. And, and that's fair, but there has to be some recognition that there's always a shared shadow yeah, almost yeah. and that we can blame others for it. Mm. Where it's like you're causing all the problems in the relationships. You, you're the person who needs to do the work here. Yeah. You need to find a way to fix this, not me. Mm. And that just makes the shadow even more big and scary and makes it grow in the shadows because you're not not handling it. I think it'd be really easy to fall into this trap of like, well, it's your shadow. No, it's your shadow. No, it's your shadow. It's like, well, if I've got a shadow, you've got a shadow. It's like, yeah, yeah, these dynamics are true. There's no way that you can interact with people without projecting. And mm-hmm. so in some ways we have to kind of like disarm the pejorative nature of projection and say like, okay, for me to relate to other people is to project. But right. when does this deeper shadow unconscious layer come in and start to distort that? And when can you kind of step back and reground into yourself and recognize when you're putting too much of that, say, past trauma onto somebody else so that you can recognize it. And in turn, maybe the partnership gives space for you to explore it. That's really the power, I think, of being in relationship is it's a container for all of this. But we have to be able to hold that tension. As I said, like we have to be able to embrace the the conflict of the opposite energies kind of coming in together um, into this space where we want to maybe pull it apart or we want to blame the other. We have to recognize we project and we are projecting onto um, the environment um, because we're kind of disallowing it in ourselves and mm-hmm. we have to recognize the other individual doing it as well. Right. So there's, there's all kinds of reasons that people fight. There's all, all kinds of reasons that people might come into conflict. Yeah. There is sometimes just in- incompatibility between sure. people because their personalities mm. just don't match yeah. for whatever reason. I mean, one person might be extremely conscientious mm. and likes things to be really ordered. Yeah. The other person might have a very, very low conscientiousness, might mm. be really open to experience and it's okay with the mess and it's okay with just sort of like floating through life. And there's going to be like a, a clash that happens, mm. but it's still sort of the responsibility of both individuals to find a way to meet in the middle, mm-hmm. right? And if you're not doing that, yeah. the shadow is going to build up. Mm. Mm-hmm. I think also like um, our our shadows, the way that we perceive what is true or what is factual in the world, our narrative of what's mm. real is something that's a, a product of our shadow material often. Mm. And so someone who perhaps hasn't done proper self-work, hasn't properly integrated their own shadow, they might have this paranoia that they're difficult or that they're to blame for things or that they're responsible when things mm-hmm. go wrong or that people don't like them. And so someone else who makes a comment that's a harmless comment, mm-hmm. maybe it's a joke, yeah, 
that can often be perceived as like, oh, you're making fun of me, aren't you? Or like, oh, I did something wrong again, didn't I? Mm. Or yeah, you're right, I am a bad person. Mm. And this projection is happening. Yeah. In all these ways where like the actual facts are (laughs) being interpreted differently. Mm. A fight has happened. Yeah. And my story is that you're a really difficult person and you're always making things more complicated. And so Mm. the fight is your fault and that's a fact. Mm. And your story is that um, I'm just really lazy and I don't really care about anything and I just don't see why anything needs to get done like this minute. Yeah. And um, you think that that's irresponsible and those are your facts, right? Mm. Like that's what's real. That's yeah. what's true. And a lot of this is like shadow material, right? Mm-hmm. It's actually coloring the way that we perceive what is real. What is what is the world um, actually about? What is actually happening yeah. in the world? What is happening between you and me? Um, we often can't agree on what's true. Mm-hmm. There's no objective player keeping track to say, well, actually I've been watching and it turns out like you're wrong. Like that's never the case. So there's always just this like um, clash of narratives, right, clash right. of facts, clash yeah. of like truth, cra- clash of epistemology. You mm-hmm. might say where yeah. like, we have a different notion of what's real. Yeah. And it's kind of like, how do we... <laughs> How do we get out of that? We can't. So we have to recognize it for what it is that I create my own reality. Mm-hmm. I look through the lens of my own experience. It's all that I can do. Yet at the same time, I think maturing and strengthening one's awareness and consciousness um, and ego development is to recognize that what you perceive, what seems um, uh, kind of in line with the continuity of your story might be distorted in some way. Mm -hmm. So it's good to get the perspective from the other person in the relationship or you ask people who are kind of like tangentially related, can kind of speak to it, you know, like get varying views don't don't be stuck in this vacuum of your own narrative because you can easily get pulled down these rabbit holes where reality starts to just get flipped on its head and that's when i think things really start to get out of control right having lots of different perspectives is important mm. and uh, this is you know the advantage of having like a village of people yeah. have having yeah. a community of people that you trust mm. so they can serve as mirrors yeah yeah to be like actually holding up this mirror to you so mm-hmm. you can see yourself, mm. you're behaving inappropriately. Yeah. And uh, I'm going to let you know that. And actually these five other people are, they kind of feel the same way. And so mm. it's, it's really useful to have these mirrors. And that's often what's lacking in a lot of these situations is like, where, where are the mirrors yeah. to help us make sense of what's happening? All I have is my subjective perspective mm-hmm. and you only have your subjective perspective. Yeah. And we're arguing about which perspective is right. Mm. And like, there's often no way to win that. Yeah. Like, what, what are you going to do mm. when it's like subjective versus subjective? And like yeah. the idea is like having these outside, these externalizations mm. of the conflict can be really helpful. Yeah. That's often what we're doing when we journal and mm. things like mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. You know, all, all these practices that are aimed at sort of self-work, we're often externalizing what's happening on the inside. And so it can stop being the uh, the egocentric mm-hmm. perspective mm-hmm. and start being something that you can look at as an object. Yeah. Like I'm reading what I wrote in my journal and as I read it, I'm realizing that this person who wrote this sounds crazy <laughs> or the person who wrote this like sounds like a bitch. Yeah. I don't know if we can say that this, at this conference, <laughs> but maybe I'll, maybe I'll bleep that out. Um, you know, I'm curious if you think with just the, you know, let's just look at the dynamics of modern day that no. most of us feel disconnected from, as you said, that kind of like more tribal system where we have the accountability, where we have the mirrors. Maybe we come from a nuclear family, maybe our extensions out into um, friendships, you know, don't go very far. And, and so we're like these little islands in a way. And is that part of the, the manifestation of rise in conflict that we're seeing with people because they don't know how to bridge that gap onto that other, you know, I'm over here on my island, you're over there on yours. How do we reach across? Right. And that's that's the challenge. And that's really what mediation is about. Yeah. How do you reach across? Mm. And that's, uh, that's a difficult question. Mm. And um, that's... Um, something that needs to happen in every relationship yeah that you need to find a way to bridge the gap mm. of perspectives yeah bridge and, the gap of personality and i think that requires both parties taking a step towards each other even when you recognize that 
maybe objectively speaking, your side might be more correct. Ultimately, you can't win this battle if you continue to stay on your side. There has to be an extension, even if that's uh, symbolic in nature or kind of like the compassionate um, reaching out of the hand. Um, I, I think often conflict continues intense to intensify when we lose this kind of human element where we we dehumanize each other, yeah. and and that just leads to the ability the ability for us to even more readily uh, disconnect from I don't know this kind of true human line of connection, which might actually be what helps uh, create that bridge to build it back up again. Right, right. So once once resentment has started, once uh, the blame game has started, mm, often yeah. you throw your finger at someone, You maybe you throw your, throw your finger at your spouse and say, yeah. this is your fault. Mm. Um, your spouse's strongest instinct is going to be to point the finger back. Mm-hmm. Maybe they weren't going to do that originally, right. but suddenly they're kind of getting into this instinctual defensive mode. Mm-hmm. And then like it ping-pongs, right? So back yeah. and forth, back and forth. Mm-hmm. Resentment builds. You get more resentful. I get more resentful. Mm-hmm. You get more resentful until you're heading towards some sort of climax, which is either everything falls apart or you and I get like in a actual violent fight mm-hmm. or something mm-hmm. like that. And that can mm-hmm. happen where yeah. it's like, the, the building up back and forth, the ping ponging goes and goes and goes and without the proper strategy of how to hold on, like stop, stop, stop. What's, let's scale down the resentment. Mm. How can we do that mm. with, without those sort of strategies in place? Yeah. The way that we naturally head, I think it's, it's human nature is we're going to head towards some sort of reckoning, mm. which is either just like everything is over. Our relationship is over over and that's it like right. blow it up it's done yeah or something that's uh you know it can lead to something that is violent it can yeah. be something maybe it's not necessarily physically violent but where yeah. you do something to someone you hurt them so badly yeah. that you cannot come back from this right maybe you're in a marriage and you end up uh cheating on your mm-hmm. uh, on your wife because yeah. you're so pissed off yeah. and you even tell her like guess what i did yeah. and it's like well you just blew everything up yeah and yeah. you just hurt your your spouse Irreparably. Right. And that individual was really coming from a place of hurt, mm-hmm. you know, resentment, anger, ultimately just this this type of energy filled with affect, maybe driven by some other type of complex inside of themselves that is seeking retribution. And that's where we start to recognize that we don't have as much control over ourselves that we think we do. And that is certainly um, a reality and a truth that we need to admit to ourselves so that we can <clears throat> guard against it in a way or at the very least... Uh, sense that happening um, kind of strengthen our ability to be in control of these rising emotional tides so that we don't get swept away with it. So this discussion we're having of uh, conflict, Mm. we're we're kind of talking about this at a personal, maybe relationship level, maybe group level, but this is, we're trying to lead up into a discussion about this happening at a grander scale, societal societal level. level. And the kinds of patterns that we see in, in the individual you can see in a relationship mm-hmm. and you can see the same patterns in a group of people yeah. and you can keep scaling up and you can kind of start seeing the same patterns in the community and you keep scaling and scaling and a lot of what we're describing is why does conflict happen between yeah. two people? You can see this at the societal level mm-hmm. and the patterns are different because the complexity increases yeah. and you get all kinds of weird interactions happening. You get relationships uh, between relationships, between mm-hmm relationships and mm. you know, get that like, exponential increase in <laughs> yeah. complexity, but yeah. still a lot of the patterns are the same. Yeah. So a relationship between two people has a shadow mm. that builds banished energy, energy that you're not uh, confronting. Yeah. You get swept under the rug. Society has a shadow. Mm. There's a collective shadow mm-hmm. that society has that yeah. is strangely a combination of all individuals, but also manifesting something else that almost seems like, well, I don't have any ownership over that shadow. Right. It's, it's not mine. Yeah, it's just like its own entity that's right. been created, that's made up of all the pieces of each of us, and yet it's not us. And so how do you take that responsibility when you say, well, you know, like I'm not the one who who started this, yeah. and yet you're a part of it. And, right. and, it, and it just, I don't know, it just raises the dynamic of it to such a way that I think now that we're on this collective level, we're losing control of it more and more because of that. Yeah, yeah. So there's there's a, a lack of ownership. Mm, They're saying, yeah. well, I'm only one in 300 million. How yeah. can this be my problem? Mm-hmm. It's like, well, if everyone says that, <laughs> yeah. maybe everyone is saying that, yeah. like you 
get the shadow, mm. the societal shadow, and it festers, and it again it builds up and builds up and builds up until something is going to happen, something is going to emerge that is inconvenient, mm. that's going to happen at an inconvenient time yeah. in an inconvenient way. Yeah, and it's people can be like, well, where did this come from? Yeah, who did this? And it's kind of like, well, you did, sort yeah. of. Yeah, and well, what I think is interesting, and just to kind of circle back to the mm-hmm. point I was making earlier in the discussion, is that we seem to be repeating patterns after patterns after patterns. It's mm-hmm. cyclical. It keeps coming back. It's like the pendulum keeps swinging. And it's like, hmm, haven't we found ourselves here before? What does it mean when an individual and then thus a society seems to be caught in a an infinite loop? And I think that that is always indicative of a type of like cultural societal complex that we have yet to fully understand and integrate. And maybe little pieces of it kind of become clearer and clearer over time. And yet there's some sort of core there that we're really not seeing. And it's being probably driven by some really powerful archetypal energy. Uh, In addition to all of this history, because we can look back uh, on generations and generations and and express why we might feel angry or why we might feel, um, you know, a need to kind of stand up and, and take control back or whatever it might be. There's, there's something to really to ground into and to anchor into. And yet at the same time, this conflict seems completely ungrounded. So it's kind of, we're left wondering, what do we do with it? Right. And so we're living of a time, we're living in a time, excuse me, of deep conflict mm-hmm. at a societal level. Yeah. And I think everyone is probably conscious of this. If, mm. you're, if you're not, then you're really not paying attention somehow. But yeah. we, we can feel it. Yeah. And, you know, it's hard to know how real is the conflict do we feel. Like mm. there's something going on that's like not right. Mm. And it's so complex that it's hard for us to make sense of it. But yeah. the best we can do is try to unpack like what is going on and why, where did yeah. this come from? And something that you're mentioning about the, uh, the cyclical nature of these conflicts mm. It's like, didn't this already happen 50 years ago? Didn't we already resolve this? And it's like, nope, it's yeah. here again. And it's like, yeah. well, why? Yeah. And there's a lot of reasons for that probably. But, you know, um, people live and they die. People come and go. Mm. And each new generation is often filled with the same struggle of the previous generation yeah. because it's a new set of people mm. who have to go through the same experience of growing up. Yeah. You have to go through the same experience of finding themselves, of individuation of becoming the person you're meant to be Mm -hmm. and you know if people just sort of lived forever and they could remember the last conflict and they already had the strategies implemented like oh yeah that we dealt with that before Mm -hmm. you might see different patterns but Mm -hmm. that's that's part of one factor here is that it's a new a new lifetime a new generation and sometimes you need to go through the exact same conflict again mm. almost the same way that like oh you have like a new girlfriend now guess what you have to go through the same process <laughs> as the last girlfriend to figure out how to make your relationship work right and it's like well i already did that it's like but that was with someone else yeah it's like i have to do it again it's mm. like yes you have to do it again and that's sort of what we're faced with yeah is um these problems can be resolved but they don't stay resolved forever yeah, or there's something in the core of the problem that isn't being fully addressed and sort of then integrated more deeply into the being of the individual or of society because it's just, it's not that simple. That's the truth of it. Like I, I think in many ways, these dynamics reveal themselves in layers and the more that you kind of orient towards it and kind of willingly and courageously face it, you can dig a little bit deeper and a little bit deeper and maybe in some ways on a societal level, we are kind of taking, um, we're, we're kind of being, uh, gifted in some ways, the, the successes of that. And, mm-hmm. and we've, and we're reaping the rewards of it, but we're also inheriting, you know, the continued work as well. So how do we address the newest manifestation of this conflict so that we can continue moving forward, kind of growing with it and maturing with it? Right. Inheriting the shadow mm. is an interesting idea. Yeah. And that yeah. is what's happening. And you might even just inherit the shadow of your parents. Oh, yes, absolutely. Or it's like your parents had a terrible relationship. They didn't properly integrate their mm. shadow. And so mm-hmm. now it's like been passed down to you oh, in yeah. all these ways. Oh, that are like built in, like it's embodied in you. Or it's, mm-hmm. And that can clearly, I think, is happening at a societal level. Yeah. It's like we've inherited the shadow of the last generation. Mm. They're like, okay, now you deal with it. It's like, 
Thank you. Um, <laughs> but that's complicated. Um, you yeah. know, the, uh, the scaling up of these conflicts, mm. they involve all kinds of new problems. Yeah. Um, the lack of ownership is, mm. is something brought up, right? Like the, the bigger a problem gets, yeah. the easier it is for you to kind of step back and be like, well, it's not mine. Mm. And, you know, we'll do that in a relationship even mm-hmm. like, this is your problem. This is your shadow. You got to deal with it, not me. Yeah. And that's with two people, mm. but you like increase the scale to 10. Mm. It's much easier for one person to be mm. like, this shadow is not my responsibility. And it's like, yes, it is. Mm. And then you scale it up to a million people and people step back and they say, this is not my shadow. They're yeah. not going to do the work mm. that's required to actually confront this. They're not going to do the inner work. Mm. They don't have to confront it. Someone else's problem. Yeah. Um, I can throw some garbage on the ground and yeah. someone else will pick it up. It's yeah. like, I don't have to deal with it. And that's happening in all these ways with all these different realms of interaction yeah. in our society. Yeah. Um, yes, we're seeing that sort of failure on the individual's level while they're, while they're plugged into society or into the culture and their lack of ability to feel like maybe they can even make a difference. I think mm. sometimes that's what it feels like. It's if I knew I could make a meaningful change or difference, I would do it. And yet somehow I feel like when I throw a little bit of energy at this, it's, it's just nothing compared to this massive mountain that you have to right. climb. True too. Right. It's like, like what, what can I do? Yeah. What can I do? What yeah. good is it for me to throw like this, this little pebble at this gigantic structure mm. that's never going to fall? Right. I, I might as well just retreat. Yeah. Yeah. I'll go find a safe haven for myself and yeah. the rest of you, like you're screwed. Like, yeah. Um, yeah. I think also as we see on that smaller scale between, you know, two individuals, we see that kind of personality difference or just an orient orientation towards life that is different. You right. see that amplified in the societal level with Definitely. conflict, which is like this group wants to handle it this way. Mm-hmm. Another group wants to handle it a totally different way. Or those who we've kind of raised into power are, you know, deciding to take things in a direction that another group of people just does not understand. And so we're finding ourselves polarized, even though in some ways the goal is the same, right? Which is like, let's not destroy ourselves. Let's grow. Let's uh, mature as individuals and as a society. And yet we can't seem to agree on how to do it. Right. Right. So it's, it's, it's tough. I mean, there, there is a recognition that we have to have incompatibility. We already said this within relationships. Sometimes two people just really, their personalities just are going to clash. Yeah. And that can be true at a societal level as well. You could have two different communities of people mm. who are actually sort of incompatible. Mm. What you want is not what I want. I'm sorry. That's just the way it is. And we see that difference between people living in the city and people who are living out of the city often. Mm. It's like, I don't want what you have in the city. Yeah, I'm not interested in that at all. I'm not interested in that lifestyle. Mm. And the people in the city, the same thing is responding to those who live in rural areas. It's like, why would I want what you have? Yeah. And so the this argument of like, my lifestyle over your lifestyle Mm -hmm. that can, there's an incompatibility there, but it's also like, well, there must be a path towards everyone getting what they want. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And why is there sort of like this, uh, zero sum game Mm. that people seem to interpret as like, that's the way it is. It's like Mm. either I win or, or, or you win. There is no, because we're like forming ourselves into factions and like warring groups. And that makes it very easy for us to feel, uh, and I mentioned this earlier, like we're losing that human element because that's just them. That's Mm. just a group. I don't relate to them. And it's really easy then to just throw a lot of kind of negative energy dynamics towards that while feeling like you're doing the right thing. Um, And so it's, it's just feeding into that type of polarization that we see. Right. So tribalism. Mm. Um, this is something that we throw around as a term a lot yeah. when we're talking about politics, but tribalism isn't always a bad thing. Mm-hmm. And that's sort of important to understand. It's like it's, it's used pejorative way, but the way that we naturally orient, orient ourselves towards the world socially yeah. is tribal. Mm. Uh, we tend to have maybe 50 people in our life that are going to like be really close mm. More than that is unlikely. You yeah. might be able to handle like having like 150, 200 people that are like close to you in your life, but it's like good luck with that even. And that's naturally how we orient ourselves. Right. I mean, like who even has the time or energy to, to actually have an intimate relationship with like 5,000 people? Right. It's, it's not it's possible. Yeah. And that has to be recognized. It's not merely just like, well, I'm just choosing not to be intimate with 5,000 people. It's like, no, you can't. It's impossible. Yeah. So what do we do about that? 
the fact that you cannot have an intimate relationship with all these people who live across the country, what do you do about that? Mm. It's like, well, there needs to be some sort of strategy implemented to find ways to be compassionate towards those we don't have an intimate relationship with. And that is challenging. Yeah. But it's tapping into like this really archetypal core of how we perceive the world. Certainly. In our, uh, in our fiction, what's very prominent in our fiction is this notion of angels versus demons. Mm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There are the good people and there's the bad, evil monsters. Mm. And we gravitate towards this idea we might pretend we don't in real life, yeah. but we do. Yeah, yeah. The only reason that Lord of the Rings works is that there's these these characters, the orcs. Right. It's like, who are the orcs? It's like, oh, they're evil. Right. It's like, what do you mean they're evil? What do they want? It's like, they just want to destroy things. Yeah, chaos. It's like, why? <laughs> what, what's the goal? It's like, well, once they've destroyed everything, they'll be happy or something like that. It's <laughs> like, that makes no sense whatsoever, but it doesn't matter. Right. We're not going to go that far. Yeah. The story works. Yeah. You have the the forces of light. You mm. have like the elves and they're mm. like beautiful and like they want peace in the world and they yeah. want to maintain uh the the place for uh all the the humans and the dwarves and in middle earth it's like mm-hmm. this place of light yeah. and then you have mordor the place of darkness and destruction yeah. and the lord of darkness yeah. and it's like we buy into that it's like right. it makes sense mm-hmm. and you actually explore it. it's like well who is sauron what does he do yeah it's like well he just wants to destroy everything it's like yeah. why it's like he's just evil and it's like we we realize that we're actually thinking this way yeah in real life right is that we just gravitate towards this narrative of like there's good people and bad people right we do it even in the most like simplistic like low scale version of that which is like my sports team versus your sports team right, right? And we love that and we love it yeah. oh my god we 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 go into a frenzy like a war frenzy and mm-hmm. we we probably aren't going to actually like grab each other by the neck and try and strangle each other yeah. although actually sometimes that does happen mm-hmm. right there's such a tension and an, and an archetypal energy that's swirling in these like stadiums but it just highlights that pattern that tendency that we have that this is mine they're wearing my colors i know i can trust them mm-hmm. those guys over there like no that's the enemy Right. Yeah. And we just, we just accept this. Yeah. Like, oh, that's just the way it is. Yeah. And, but it's like, but why? Yeah. How, how does it work for you to be like, I am repping San Francisco and like, I hate Seattle. Yeah. It's like, what? Like, that makes no sense. It's like, yeah, but like, I, I like it for some reason. <laughs> like, I feel activated by it. Yeah, activated. It's fun it's for me. It's fun yeah. for me to hate someone. Mm. It's like, that is very strange. Well, it's just important. It's important to recognize that part of human nature. And if we don't, once again, that gets banished to the shadow and we will act it out in ways that are irrational and immature and at times violent and uncontrolled. Mm -hmm. So we can be in relationship to that, to that, uh, that, that pattern inside of us, that, that nature that wants to kind of, uh, polarize and create good versus evil and we can kind of i don't know kind of dance with it a bit but not let it just take us by the hand and and run away with us and i think that that's what's important we can't fundamentally change human nature but we can understand it better we can have deeper consciousness around it right and i think it's important to like you know not be too cynical about this yeah the idea that people just naturally hate each other or naturally demonize each other Mm. It's like, mm, there's there's a deep capacity for that. Yeah. There is a paranoia that we have of the other or that which mm. we don't understand. Yeah. And that's natural to be kind of like afraid mm. of the other tribe in some way. Or like, what are they trying to do? Are yeah. they? And, you know, I think you can easily trace this back to um, our evolutionary environment of mm. like other human tribes. It's like, you got to be careful. Yeah. Like, what do they want? Yeah. It's like, they might just want to massacre you. Yeah. yeah. Or maybe you can trade with them. Yeah. But this is the idea that like, it's natural to demonize others. It's like, I don't think so. Mm. I think that it's being hijacked mm. and I think it's being hijacked really easily. Mm. That's very easy to rile people up sure. and be like them, that group, like they want to destroy you. Are right, you going right, to let them right. destroy you? And people are like, no, we're not going to let them destroy well, yeah, us. It's the mob mentality, right? Yeah. It's like kind of outside of that gathering where like that, 
uh, where, where the energy is kind of rising up and everyone's feeling kind of like gripped, as you said, sort of hijacked, yeah. those individual people probably wouldn't do what the mob is going to do. And yet something can push them. And so we recognize the potentiality of that inside of us within human nature, but it mm. doesn't define us just as none of the archetypal dynamics define us at its core. Uh, they all exist as possibilities within us. And yet there's some level of like ego consciousness that does interact with it. So we have choices. We have the ability to recognize it and to see how we're playing into it or how we might be trying to maybe guide it towards a better place as well. Right, right. So the shadow is here mm. and we're confronting it. Yeah. And we're, we're confronting it now in a big way, yeah. I think. And there's a lot of reasons for this. I, there's there's real events happening in the world that are like, oh, like what what do we do about this? Mm. Like this cannot be ignored. Mm. Um, there's also the effect of the internet. I think it like helps right. people tap in to a lot of what's going on. Yeah. A lot of people are being manipulated by that in a lot of mm. ways, I think. And mm. they're, they're getting sort of, again, hijacked in ways that are not very helpful. Yeah. They're creating divisions and it's creating more and more violent tribalism. Mm. It's setting people against each other in a way that's yeah. really a manipulation. Well, I it think. also allows people to like go out and find their supposed, you know, group of individuals with the same ideology. And then there's just like this reinforcement that's happening. Like yeah. instead of being pushed into a more diverse group of individuals, say outside of the internet, where you might be held accountable or at least challenged on your ideas and thoughts and behaviors, you can find these little pockets like anywhere on the internet and everyone can just reinforce these negative ideas and patterns. And that can just grow and grow and grow until people start to really act out from that. Right. People go shopping for tribes, yeah, right? If, yeah. you're, if you're kind of confined to your local group, you know, you might not be able to discover as much about the world or discover as much about yourself because mm -hmm. you don't have the huge variation of information that you have on the internet. Mm -hmm. But there is something about finding your echo chamber on the yeah. internet where it's like, you can do it. It's one click away. Mm. Do you not want to listen to people who have other opinions, who have other perspectives? You don't have to. You can yeah. find those that agree with you completely. Mm. And you can find little tribes on the internet of like everyone thinks exactly the same. Mm. And anyone who doesn't think this way gets purged. Mm. And that, yes, that's going to create people who like think feel really convinced that their reality, their narrative is correct. That yeah. The facts that they own are true. Mm. Other people's facts are wrong. Yeah. So it does have this polarizing dynamic yeah. that is just almost like a natural result of the way the internet is structured, mm. what it can do for us. Yeah. I think a lot of that sort of starts to shape the discussion towards recognizing the factors, starting to see all of the pieces sort of floating around the individual level, the collective societal level. And then it kind of poses the question, you know, what is what is happening and what is the opportunity here? What do we do with this information? Right, so the golden shadow mm. is the name of our podcast. Yeah. And the golden shadow is this idea that the shadow presents a great opportunity, that the the confrontation with this banished energy, mm. this dark energy that we really don't want to deal with, yeah. it's come up to the surface. We swept it under the rug and it exploded onto us and yeah. now we're confronted with it. There's a great opportunity here. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, you've encountered the shadow? You can integrate it now. Yeah, you yeah. can do something. You don't have to bail on mm. this. You don't have to sweep it back under the rug. Yeah. You have a great opportunity here. It's, mm. There's buried treasure in yeah. the shadow, and it's it's time for you to dig up that buried treasure, bring it into your being, become more complete, yeah. and that opportunity has arisen at a societal level, I would yeah. say. Yeah, I think what's interesting about the concept of the golden shadow is not just that shadow work in general offers us an opportunity and how great is that for us to know ourselves and you know our downfalls and the things that we've ignored but also that locked inside as you said is like buried hidden treasure it's mm. things that you've yet to understand about yourself or things that you've had an inkling that are possible and yet have just felt out of reach and so in the individual that might be like a sense of creativity maybe um, a lack of self-worth um, and courage has banished creativity into the shadow. And so you've been moving through your life kind of uh, severed from that mm -hmm. and turning towards that shadow, recognizing that there might have been some early childhood experiences that kind of reinforce this idea, um, allows you to tap into this 
this, um, this kind of dynamic that's just awaiting you. And when it happens, it opens up and it unlocks this uh, creative flow. And now suddenly there's kind of like more life energy that's flowing. You can take that opportunity along with the shadowy darkness, integrate both of those things. And there's a feeling that there's more wholeness in that experience, that it's not just, oh, I have to do this really hard work. And man, I'm depressed dealing with my shadow. And oh, this is tough. And man, my childhood was hard. It was like, no, you get this really great thing too. Mm. So, you know, what's in our society's golden shadow what's waiting for us right so um the idea of unlocking or untying knots that are within mm. you and say so the shadow is like a big collection of knots and every time you untie one energy is flowing freely a lot of energy that's been locked up is now flowing as you're saying mm. and i think that there's a lot of people uh in the country right now for instance who are just they're using so much energy just to like throw poo at the other person, mm, yeah. right? It's like, how are you spending most of your time? It's like, I'm just creating negative feelings. Yeah. I'm just creating them in myself. I'm creating them in others. Um, there are people who are doing this intentionally because they think it's fun. I mean, mm. trolls is mm. a thing where it's like, what if you could find a way to get all the trolls on the internet to stop trolling <laughs> and start doing the opposite yeah, of yeah. trying to find ways to make people come back to sincerity, right. come back to this ocean of we're in this together, mm. um, uplift people. Someone speaks their mind yeah. and you uh, raise them up and say, good for you for having the courage to speak your mind mm. as opposed to making fun of them yeah. or tricking them into saying something stupid mm. and then calling them out. So much energy is being focused on this war of cultures, mm. you know, mm. where it's just like, there's no beauty there. Mm. there you're not going to solve anything. This idea of like, well, the way to solve a problem is to just destroy the enemy. Right. It's like the enemy is you. Mm. Yeah. Can you? This is one country, for yeah. instance. It's like, we'll just destroy the other half of the country. Right. It's like, that's not going to work. You're not going to, no one's going to win from that. Everyone's going to lose. That's never gone well in the past. <laughs> right. And in the same way that uh, for an individual, it's like, well, how do we deal with this other part of me that isn't really working i'm sort of fractured mm. what should i do it's like we'll just destroy the other part of you yeah it's like good luck <laughs> good luck destroying what is you yeah. and so the country i think is you can think of the country as an individual mm -hmm. going through a process of individuation yeah there is a place that we can go that is more complete that is more whole mm. and the question is how can the various pieces be integrated how can you bring up all this all this wasted energy yeah. that's being focused on divisiveness or people who are just, you know, disenfranchised, mm, um, mm -hmm. people who are spending way, way too much time just figuring out how to survive. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, you know, if you just, if you just got them on like the right path that they yeah. could just take care of their basic survival needs, mm. there'd be all this talent, there'd be all this genius that yeah, you could employ yeah. into trying to improve things. But yeah. instead, a lot of people are just you know, essentially uh, in the garbage pit, yeah, just yeah. trying to get out of it. Yeah, just trying to keep their head above water. I think that brings into mind the delicate sort of dance that's happening between individual responsibility and also kind of a, a cultural social responsibility that we have as as a community, right? Mm -hmm. To take care of each other, to try to set up a system that uh, raises each other up rather than kind of limits us or just puts us at a disadvantage. Um, yeah. So there's uh, an individual level of work that needs to be recognized right. because if you're not taking care of your own shadow, your own unconscious material, you will project it out first probably to your family and friends and then further outward, outward and outward. And that will compound on itself. People will kind of band together in that and then you'll have these giant collective projections that are happening at the same time you can't be an individual in a vacuum you are an individual in a community mm -hmm. in a society in a nation and so we have to address things we kind of have to hold this tension between the individual and the society because we are both uh, at the same time right so addressing personal responsibility and yet at the same time being able to empathize, connect, have compassion towards what's happening on the grander scale and really considering how we can make these kind of move towards greater evolution and growth. Right. Uh, action and contemplation, mm. they both need to happen yeah. and they both reinforce each other. Right? Mm -hmm. they, both, they both improve each other. Doing inner work 
is the only way that you can effectively do outer work. Yes. Yeah. And the only way that you can effectively do outer work is to do inner work. And so the more I try to get active in my community, the more I individually grow and the more I individually grow, the better I am at getting out there and doing good mm-hmm. things in the community. So mm-hmm. there's like this, this reinforcing um, duality mm. that's happening that we need to recognize um, in each individual. It's yes. like you have work to do. I don't care who you are. Yeah. You have work that you need to do on yourself. Yeah. And guess what? The world depends on it. <laughs> that's where we're at. Yeah, absolutely. And if you believe that like, mm, I don't have any responsibility here. It's like, well, <laughs> that's the reason we're in this mess yeah. is the the dropping of responsibility. And it's a real problem. You can't just go around pointing fingers at people absolutely. and say, this is your yeah. fault. It's like, yeah. well, it's not that simple, but still. Yeah. Um, just like integrating the shadow for yourself is going to be painful and it's going to take a lot of work. It mm-hmm. certainly isn't going to happen by accident on mm-hmm. its own. Mm-hmm. It's like that mess that's everywhere, you have to clean it up. Yeah. It's like, well, I, just, I don't want to. I'll just sweep it under the rug. It's like that's easier, but look, it's just going to it's going to bite you in the ass in the end. Yeah. So you need to get a broom and you need to start sweeping in your own life. And the same with the society. It's like if you see a mess out there, you need to get a broom and yeah. you need to start sweeping up for the society. Yeah. Everyone needs to do this. Yeah. And not everyone is, obviously, but recognizing it in yourself right. is incredibly important. I think for the individual who feels sort of disillusioned on the societal level, my advice would just be to turn towards yourself. Just focus that to yourself right mm. now. Uh, what does the next path of your individuation look like? What is the unconscious material that's needing to be recognized and differentiated? Where can you move towards more wholeness and integration in yourself? Because as you take those personal steps, you will naturally have more energy and more capacity to to turn towards the outer world. So if there's a stress of that, I think it's okay to say I can turn that energy towards myself at this Mm -hmm. time. You can kind of let like the libido, the life energy kind of regress into yourself and do that deep inner space. And then things will start to open and you will have kind of more of this capacity to see and understand and relate to the outer world. Cause I think that's naturally what individuation does. It makes you more powerfully integrated and grounded into your own being and simultaneously more understanding of the external world and of others. So it has this really beautiful effect of just kind of amplifying potential and growth in everybody. 